0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, in his New York Times best-selling book, The Collapse of Parenting, Dr. Leonard Sachs quotes someone as saying the following: For the first time in history, young people are turning for instruction, modeling and guidance not to mothers, fathers, teachers, and other responsible adults, but to people whom nature never intended to place in a parenting role, their own peers. Children are being brought up by immature persons who cannot possibly guide them to maturity. They are being brought up by each other. As Catholics, we know that the primary purpose of marriage is the procreation and the education of children now in today's world there are many people who have no interest in bringing forth children into this world and so they do not get married or they get married and simply use birth control and have no children there are other people however who do wish to bring children into this world and so they fulfill that primary purpose of marriage the procreation of children but they don't look into the second part, the second aspect of that, the education of those children. They don't make the efforts to parent. According to Dr. Sachs, who has traveled around the world in his position as, as a physician, and has spoken with many different parents and educators of children, according to him, we have a problem here in the United States in the past few decades that is not true in other places in the world. There has been a breakdown in parenting in the United States. As traditional Catholics, we, I think, might be immune to a certain degree to this This problem in the United States where, where parents don't want to parent. Um, according to Dr. Sachs, what the, the main problem that's happening in, in our country is that parents are treating children like grown ups. And so they're, they're not guiding their children in their lives, but they're leaving their children to make their own choices instead of exercising authority over their children So as I say, as as traditional Catholics, um, I think we're immune to a certain degree to the spirit of the world and the spirit of our times and so on. At the same time, we cannot help but be influenced to some degree by the environment in which we live. As such, I want to cover some of the things that Dr. Sachs points out, remembering that grace builds upon nature. In other words, An important part of getting your children to heaven, your primary role as parents, is giving them good natural habits, and especially that discipline that Father McBride was speaking about last week. The first point that has to be made and which parents have to understand is that your children are not great. It's your job to make them great. And you don't make them great By giving them whatever they want. You make them great by having them do what they're supposed to be doing. That is your primary role as a parent. Your children come into this world not knowing anything whatsoever about how to live life. And especially they come into this world having a fallen human nature. And if you leave them to make their own choices, chances are, 99% chance, that they're going to make bad choices, they're going to form bad habits, unless they're given very clear persevering direction from those who are above them, you, the ones who have brought them into this world throughout the period of their childhood. Dr. Sachs believes that the root problem with today's parenting is the extreme egalitarianism that we have here in the United States. He says, we've demanded equal rights for people of color. We've demanded equal rights for women. We've demanded equal rights for employees. And we just have kept going. And we say children as well. We need to, to have equal rights for children. And to have equal rights for children, we have to place them on the same level as us. We have to treat them as if they are in the same position as we are. Instead of exercising authority over them, we have to turn our homes into a place where we give the decision-making power to them or we share the decision-making power with them. So because parents now um, see themselves as the equals of their children or their children's equal with them, they seek more to be the friends Of their children rather than to be the parents of their children they're trying to please their children rather than guide them and the result is in fact the opposite of what they are desiring whenever parents seek to uh, become friends with their children in order to get their children to love them the opposite happens their children often do not love them Whereas if they exercise their parental authority over their children and guide their children, it turns out that their children do love them. Here is what Dr. Sachs says about this. The parent who puts the child's wishes first may earn only the child's contempt, not their love. But if you are not primarily concerned about winning your child's love and affection and focus instead on your duties as a parent, teaching your child right from wrong and communicating what it means to be a responsible man or woman, a gentleman or a lady, then you may find that your child loves and respects you. Let's just take a few examples that he gives of parents failing to parent because they want to please their kids. First of all, the failure to control children's use of technology. Of devices. So one time he was at the airport. He was going, on a, going to get on an international flight, and it was a time to board the plane. And there was a, a, a mother there with her teenage girl, and the teenage girl was on her phone. And her mother says, Trish, it's time to put the cell phone away. We need to get ready to board. And her daughter just ignored her. So the mother says, Trish, and the daughter says, Mom, would you please shut up? Can't you see that I'm busy? The mom's words sounded like questions. Her daughter continued to ignore her. Mom glanced at me. I felt uneasy and walked away. The mother is not willing to step in and authoritatively command her daughter with regards to the use of her phone. And this is what so many parents are doing today. They feel afraid of regulating their children's use of these technological devices. As a result, the average teenager today spends over 70 hours a week in front of a screen. And of course, most of the programming that they're watching, whatever content they're consuming, Aren't, are, is going to encourage them to think that their parents are absolutely incompetent, that they have no authority, that they have no right to command them, and will encourage them to be disrespectful to their parents. This is why Dr. Sachs's number one recommendation to parents is the following with regards to exercising your authority. When appropriate, command. Don't ask, avoid the question mark. Instead of, do you think maybe it's time to leave the playground, say, it's time to go home. Instead of, don't you think pornography is demeaning to women, say, you are not allowed to watch pornography, here's why. The question mark undermines your authority. How many parents today, as I say, are For whatever reason afraid to regulate their children's use of technological uh, devices because they're like my child won't love me my child won't won't be my friend it's it's a false fear how many parents today are afraid to regulate their children's use of sleep to set a bedtime or a wake-up time for their kids say this is the time you have to get to bed this is the time you have to get up or allow their children to take their technological devices into their bedrooms where the lights may be maybe off but the technological devices are on the results is that not that they have children who love and respect them but the result is children who are disrespectful and who are unhappy in their lives because they're leading disordered lives they they do not have the capacity to direct their lives in an ordered way and they tend to excesses. You have to direct your children if they are to have this ordered and balanced life that they need to be happy. The second example concerns eating. Some decades ago in the United States it was so common for parents to set strict guidelines for their children with regards to food. You can't get into the fridge unless you have permission. You can't eat between meals. You have to eat the food that served you. You have to eat all the food that's on your plate. Rules like that. Whereas now, the, this is not happening. In the past, parents believed that the giving these rules to their children was extremely important because they need to foster important habits, especially the habit of self-control with regards to the appetite of hunger. These parents understood that the children were not going to die if they suffered some hunger during the day, and they weren't sort of grazing all throughout the day. Whenever they had an impulse of hunger, just go grab some food. Children need to be given crucial skills of being able to master their hunger impulses, being able to eat good and healthy food rather than junk food, and being able to appreciate the effort that is taken in preparing their food. And this does not happen if parents make eating a democratic process, where they, they go to the restaurant and they just say, you know, whatever you want, just look at the menu, make your choice, or they sit down at table and the, and the child says, I don't like it, I don't like this food. And the parents are like, oh, I'm so sorry, honey. Yeah, you don't have to eat that. You can eat something else. Dr. Sachs begins his book by telling the story of a mother who brought her 14-year-old daughter in for a rash on the corners of her mouth. And he was saying to the mother, I think this rash is developing because of a vitamin deficiency. How, how many leafy green vegetables does your daughter eat on a regular basis? How good is Tara at eating those vegetables, he said. Mom sighed. Her father and I eat very healthy, Mom said. But Tara refuses to eat most vegetables. To be honest, right now, pretty much the only things she eats will eat are french fries. McDonald's french fries, Tara interrupted. McDonald's french fries, pizza, chicken nuggets, and potato chips, mom finished. That's pretty much it right now, except for frozen desserts like Italian ices and ice cream. How about broccoli or cauliflower or spinach? I asked. She just won't eat those things. She would if she were hungry enough, I thought to myself, says Dr. Sachs. At the end of the day, According to this author, the job of the parent is to teach self-control, to explain what is and is not acceptable, to establish boundaries and enforce consequences. This is your primary role as parents. And unless you do that, you have to understand your children will not be able to live happy lives. They will be very unhappy because they will not have the personal strength to order their life they will be very undisciplined their life will be chaotic it will follow their emotions and impulses they will make lots of bad decisions in their lives whereas if you form in them these good habits just basic habits basic habits for for any person they will likely have a happy and productive life he says a child's self-control at age 11 or 14 is a good predictor of the child's health and happiness 20 years later, when the child is in his or her 30s. This is another way of saying that the main job of the parent is to teach your children virtue, the practice of virtue, that the, to give them a second nature, where habitually they do what is ordered and right. They do not find it difficult to do that, as opposed to allowing them to, to choose whatever they want, and they end up forming habits of vice, where they naturally tend to do disordered things. If parents do not direct and guide their children, they, as they say, they will develop those bad habits on their own by, by either imitating what they see on their screens, imitating their peers, or simply just doing whatever they feel like doing. I want on this Sunday particularly to encourage you parents. The fact is that you know that you do not have the power to bring children into this world and and to, to produce children from your own flesh on your own power. God has given to you this incredible power and with that power he has given to you authority over your children. In other words, God is behind you in your role he has made you for that role you are empowered to direct and guide your children it's part of what god has authorized and given you the power to accomplish i just want to close with some valuable words of holy scripture on this topic giving um, on the one hand the, the example of bad parenting, on the other hand, the example of good parenting. These words are taken from the book of Ecclesiasticus in the Old Testament, also known as the book of Sirach, chapter 30. The bad parents. He who spoils his son will have wounds to bandage and will quake inwardly at every outcry. A colt untamed turns out stubborn. A son left to himself grows up unruly. Pamper your child, and he will be a terror for you. Indulge him, and he will bring you grief. Share not in his frivolity, lest you share in his sorrow, when finally your teeth are clenched in remorse. Give him not his own way in his youth, and close not your eyes to his folly. And then the good parent. He who disciplines his son will benefit from him, and boast of him among his intimates. He who educates his son makes his enemy jealous and shows his delight in him among his friends. At the Father's death, he will not seem dead, since he leaves after him one like himself, whom he looks upon through life with joy and even in death without regret. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.